1: I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this second installment in this series. Also, it will teach you to activate your faith for the promises of God, and also it will teach you the greatest quality of life possible, because that's exactly what Jesus said he wanted you to do. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest, or have it to the greatest abundance. Now listen, last month, we started out talking about making resolutions that that wouldn't destroy you, that wouldn't destroy your faith, that wouldn't discourage you, that it wouldn't mess up your life. And I ask you, if you were watching last month, and by the way, if you didn't if you didn't watch last month, you actually might want to go back. If you're planning on having a whole new twenty twenty, uh, a year that's different than anything that you've ever had, if you're really planning on experiencing some dramatic changes in the world around you and some transformation in the world inside of you, then you might want to go back and listen to this because one of the things I asked people was this. like, Even though you may have an idea of some resolutions you want to make, don't make them yet. Let's gather the tools together. Let's get the strategies that we need together and then make decisions, uh, resolutions. And really, resolutions are are a form of repentance. It's a form of uh, saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this. I don't want to believe this anymore. I want to believe this. The one difference between resolutions and repentance is repentance is not just changing your mind, even though, even though that's the fundamental meaning of it, and it's not just going in another direction, even though that's the fruit of it. Repentance is always based on turning your heart to God, and you're not just changing your mind in general. You're changing your mind in a way that says, I want my thoughts to align with God. I want the decisions that I make to be in harmony with who God is, in harmony with the path upon which God's going to lead me. Because if I can't walk in harmony with God, then the real truth is I can't follow him to my destination. He can't help me. He can't, you know, he might be my cheerleader to saying, you can do this, you can do this. But uh, but I still can't do it if I'm not in harmony with him and experiencing his grace, his power. So you may actually want to go back and do a crash course. You know, the great thing is you go to drjimrichards.com. Uh, you can you can access these videos, and, and you can get caught up on the whole month of uh, February, and then you can be ready to dive into taking the limits off God. We're talking about, we're talking about moving beyond the limitations that have been in, in your life up until this point in time. And so I'm giving you the tools that you need and helping you with, to, to really make some adjustments in some of your belief systems to actually be able to make a new decision for everything. Now, you know, I'm calling this week. Uh, and, and why isn't God coming through? And, man, who hasn't asked that question? I'm praying. I'm seeking. I'm believing. Why, God, where, where are you? And, uh, man, I'll I tell you, as a new believer, it's all right to feel that way as a new believer. Because as a new believer, there's things you don't know. As a new believer, you don't. You know, you're not always attuned to God and how he's trying to lead you. But but the sad thing is, is when I see people that have been saved for 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they're facing some kind of hardship and they're still asking these questions, where are you, God? I am believing you, God. And uh, you know what? I want to I help you get and move past that. Because see, when I'm not seeing results the way God promised them, then, you know, I've got, to, I've got to sort out some things about well, what, what's really going on. Why am I not seeing the, uh, the results that, that God promised? And I'm not asking that question in a condemning way. You know, one of the things that, one of the things that I, I teach people in our school of ministry is as counselors, as ministers and leaders, you need to learn ask, to ask questions that are really looking for answers instead of asking questions that have built into them a predetermined answer or are looking for guilt or looking for somebody to blame. You know, uh, besides having a counseling program for a lot of years, working, serving as a pastor, serving as a life coach, you know, we had a clinic here for years. So every aspect of my ministry, I've been deeply involved in one on one situations with people, and uh, one of the greatest failures of counselors, coaches, medical practitioners, in other words, people who are in the business of helping people, one of the greatest failure factors is improper diagnosis, and improper, di- because, you see, your diagnosis determines your treatment plan and so if you diagnose it improperly then the treatment plan that you put together is not going to work because you're you're gonna you're gonna be trying to treat the common cold and find out the person's got pneumonia and they're gonna die under your care well that's on the physical level but on the spiritual level you go into situations thinking you're helping people and you're giving them certain kinds of advice but later on then you find out well they weren't really telling me the truth about what their problems were and so and so you cannot put together a treatment plan Until, first of all, you have gathered the proper information. And that's even your own personal treatment plan. That's your own life plan. That's your own plan of action. I have to have some correct information. Now, in order to get correct information, I have to be able to ask myself questions, or if I'm working with somebody else, I'll have to ask them questions, with no presumption as to what the problem really is. There's so no presumption of whose fault it is. And the real truth is, and listen, I have worked with, uh, you know, I've trained uh, easily a, a thousand or more clinical practitioners over the years. And I taught, you know, I was a, not only was I a certified substance abuse counselor and a detox specialist, I was a certified trainer for detox specialists. And so I taught people how to work with uh, uh, codependent people, people who had had substance abuse problems, who had alcohol, drug problems, who had any, anything that was related to codependent issues, which codependency is the mother of all addictions, just in case you don't know. No matter what the addiction is, lying, cheating, stealing, overspending, sex, uh, uh, popularity, no matter what it is, it, it, the mother of all addictions is always codependency. You're always dealing with a codependent issue, and if you don't know that about those kinds of issues, then you'll always have a wrong treatment plan. You might give some answers that will help. You might give some things that provide a little bit of incentive or a little bit of temporary help. But the truth is, until you understand what you're really dealing with, you really can't solve the problem. Now, the majority of people in real life, husbands and wives, parents and children, you know, employers and employees, even coaches, life coaches, mentors, people who consider themselves to be mentors and coaches, uh, number one, don't ask nearly as many questions as they need to when they're working with people. But number two, they don't ask questions with the intention of finding the real answer. Usually, they've made up their mind what the problem is. They've, they've created a diagnosis of sorts, and they're asking questions that will lead them to a prejudiced-bound situation. In other words, uh, uh you 've already you 've got a compromise bias you 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 already have a bias as to what you want the problem to be, and so you 're going to ask the kind of questions that's going to bring you to the what you want the answers to be and therefore you will launch out and and you really won 't get consistent results from time to time you 'll help people from time to time you 'll help yourself but uh, but I tell you this it's harder to get answer the real questions when it involves you than it is somebody else because, because we deceive ourselves. Uh, and here, here's the greatest thing. If you don't know how to do heart work as a coach, as a mentor, as a pastor, as a counselor, or just as a person dealing with your own issues, and this is going to sound really insulting. I don't mean for it to, but I'm telling you, you can't really go very far in helping people one-on-one if you can't do hard work because if you if you don't know how to do hard work then you're going to get intellectual answers and those intellectual answers are always based on intellectual judgments that that have nothing to do necessarily with what the real problem is you know i've told people for years you know the the mindset that created the problem is not the mindset that can solve the problem or you can say it this way until I, until I reconcile the mindset that created this problem, until I renew the mind that created this problem, then this mind cannot solve this problem. And so, it's very rare that we actually get down to what our beliefs are, to what what our heart issues are, and 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 how we are specifically limiting God in our lives. So, so you know, we're we're trying to find out what's happening. Why isn't it working? Why isn't this going the way? That should go, well, how you answer that question is going to determine if you become a legalist, it's going to determine if you become a liberal, or it's going to determine if you become a disciple. It's going to determine if you start chasing a fantasy, an assumption, a judgment, or if if you start pursuing real solutions. Let me say this to you. The only value there is in discovering the problem, the only value there is in discovering what's going wrong is uh, is when it occurs in the process of discovering the right direction. In other words, if you're if you're driving down the road, you know, Brendan and I, man, for thirty years, we were all over the United States and, of course, other countries, and and you know, we were forever. This was back before the days of GPS's and you know, and, and cell phones and 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 you know when you traveled and you were, you had a little paper map and a flashlight and that that's that was your gps and man sometimes you would get off into some backwoods area that that the map wasn't correct or there wasn't even the road that you were on wasn't even on a map and uh you know the big statement is i i don't i don't know where i'm going 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 well finding out that you're well, what you already know is you're going in the wrong direction. You may not know if you're going east, west, north, or south, but but knowing that you're going in the wrong direction really doesn't do much for you. What will do something for you is when you discover the right direction. You know, one of the things that it, it used to drive Brenda crazy, because I always had this saying, you know, it's like, no matter where I was, it's like, I can't get lost. And Brenda was like, you can not anybody can get lost? I'm like, no, I can't. I, I don't. I'll never. I never ever ever get lost. People that used to travel with, with me a lot, they, they were always uh, they were always amazed how I could find my way around cities and this, this, you know, this sort of thing without. And even though I even though I might momentarily not know where I actually was, I still would never get lost because I could always find my way to where I was going. And one of the reasons I could do that. Is because I, I'm just one of those people. I, it's not a skill. There's no reason to pat myself on the back. You know, it doesn't, doesn't mean I'm smarter than somebody else. It's just one of those situations where, uh, uh, you know, where I have usually have a sense of direction. Am I headed north, south, east, or west? And so if you have that sense of direction and you know that, you know, for example, one time we were, man, we were down in the middle of Washington, D.C and And there was some road construction. we got off of the we got off of where our map was taking us. We had no idea how to get back on the interstate, but all I knew was I needed to go north and It was a cloudy day, and you couldn't even hardly tell where the sun was and uh and brenda said you see you're lost you don't know you don't know where you are so i am I, I don't know where I am, but I'm not lost and you know, we would just joke joke around about it. And so, you know, I said, you know what? I know I got to go north because we're, when we leave D.C., we're going north. And so I said, mm, this way feels like north to me. I'm going to start taking every street that takes me this way. And sure enough, it wasn't long until we, you know, we, we went north far enough to hit the interstate. And bam, we were, we were heading in the right direction. Well, knowing where you want to go will tell you everything that you needed to know about what you were doing wrong. And to discover what you're doing wrong, without knowing what to do right, if you're not careful, it can just make you focus on your failures. It makes you focus on what you know what you're doing wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's uh, never of any benefit. I've been in a lot of situations where we would realize this is this is the mistake we made, and sometimes we would start from there and say, "Okay, but we're not going we're not going to dwell on this. We're going to decide what should the decision have been." And so you you figure out, but most of the time I find out what I was doing wrong in a situation by following God and, and making a decision that takes me in the right direction. And then I go, Oh man, no wonder when I was headed down this path, no wonder when I was making this particular direction, it just wasn't, it just wasn't taking me in the direction that, you know, that I thought I should go. So I want to help you develop that continual sense of knowing you're at least in a very general way headed in the right directions now, you know when we realize that we're in a situation where we are experiencing limitations now i'm going to tell you lack and you know i have i have several series about this i have books about this but but lack is one of the most destructive of all feelings and emotions because when you feel lack, see, you can't be tempted if you don't feel lack. Uh, and so when you feel lack, whether it's, you know, if it's, if it's personal lack, if it's lack about you, about your skills, about your talents, then, then that's, going to, that's going to mess with your ego and you're going to go out, go out here and you're going to try to accomplish things for the wrong reasons. You're going to try to impress people uh you're going to try to think, do things that make you look like a superstar you're going to be a bully uh, who knows what direction you're going to go or if you if you lack uh, you know a character trait then you're going to condemn yourself lack always says you are not enough you don't have enough you can't get enough you'll never be enough and basically at the end of the day lack says you are not enough for god to love and to accept and to and to take care of you and so lack of course leads to a sense of unworthiness and so from there, we launch out into seeking to try to find something that's going to, make us, that's going to try to make us feel worthy. So, so when we're feeling these limitations in our life, we become very vulnerable to uh, the possibility of, of feeling embracing lack. And once you get there, you are, you are in trouble. You're, you're headed in a wrong, wrong, wrong direction. When I'm early, early in our, our, our faith walk, there were, some, there were some realities that we discovered if we were reading the Bible. And, you know, I don't know about you, but now when I came to God, I came to God from this perspective that said God is God and he's supernatural and, and uh, he's all powerful. And, you know, you know I, I had these concepts of God that were, that were true and they were simplistic, but, but they were very true. So I came to God from this perspective that said, that said I am the problem. Now, that is, that is so very crucial. And if you, if you haven't figured that out yet, it's time for you to have a little come-to-Jesus party and recognize that anything's going wrong in my life. The point is not who am I I'm going to blame myself. We're not talking about blame. We're talking about responsibility. We're talking about determining who can respond to a situation in order to bring about a different result. And that is the one thing because we're creating the likeness and the image of God. That is the one thing that makes us more Godlike than anything, is that we can make decisions that change the quality of our life. Now, you can come to realize that you need to make another decision without feeling lack, without putting yourself down, without, without trying to dig into what all is wrong with you. Uh, if you believe God loves you if, you, if you believe that being in Jesus makes you fully acceptable, you know, to God? If you believe that your faith in Jesus makes you righteous and that and that your trust for God's promise of eternal life, if you believe that 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 is your righteousness, then then you can admit when things are wrong with you without beating yourself up, without getting all critical. So, you know, one of the things that you one of the questions I want you to ask yourself is this Am I able to find fault in my own life? Without number one, uh, condemning myself? Am I able to find fault in my own life? Without, number two, feeling inadequate? Am I able to find and admit fault in my own life without creating excuses? And maybe number four might be, am I able to find and admit fault in my own life without needing someone else to blame? And uh, I tell you those four questions right there will move you to a place to where it starts becoming very easy, very comfortable for you to start identifying these limitations that are in your life, why they're there, how they got there, what you can do about them, but never even have a negative moment about it. Never even uh condemn yourself, never beat yourself up, and never go to some negative, destructive place. Now, uh early And my walk, I don't know if you did this. I've talked to a lot of people that did this, but early in my walk, because I believe God was God. He was supernatural. He was all powerful. And man, you read these stories about, you know, the gospels about Jesus healing the sick, opening blind eyes and deaf ears. And so you kind of say to yourself something like, you know what? I believe this is true. I'm going to try it. (laughs) Now, the first part of that statement is a great place to start. I believe this is true. But believing intellectually that something is true, believing informationally that something is true, is not the same thing as believing in your heart. I'm going to share something with you that's going to be so phenomenal. It's going to make not only is your walk with God easier, but it's going to make ministering to other people easier. It's going to make moving and flowing in the Holy Spirit easier than you ever imagined possible my entire life turned around. Everything about my effectiveness in life, my effectiveness in ministry, my effectiveness in personal develop changed when I discovered that God is all that He is in the heart and in the life of every single believer. So why am I not seeing all these things? Why am I not seeing the things that that Jesus saw and, and all the disciples saw in the early church? Well, it's real simple. In Psalm 78, it tells us, yes, again and again, they, the children of Israel, tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. I will never forget coming to the realization that the only limitations in my life with God was the ones that I put on. I didn't intend to put them on. It wasn't, there's no big mystical secret to it. And Immediately I went out and put this into practice. I went out and ministered all over the world, all of the United States, saw phenomenal things happen, but even more importantly, phenomenal things happen in my own life and in my own development. Listen, I've got a series called Taking the Limits Off God and a book. And I'm going to tell you it's a book that's going to help you. And it's a great book for you to give to other people. It's one of those, it's one of those books that's short. Everybody can read it. Everybody can understand it. If you're ready to take the limits off of God in your life, check out the series and the book. And you know what? We got a special offer for you. If you order them in a bundle, I'm trying to do everything I can to make this as inexpensive for you. And I'll tell you this we're going to use the money you purchased that that product with to go out and reach the world for Jesus. Now, earlier in our walk, somewhere along the way, we, we said, you know what? I, I believe this. I'm going to try it. Now, when you try, something, if you're trying, and it's closely based to the real meaning of that word, trying indicates that you're going to do something that you're not sure if you're going to do. You know, a person's going to do something, they say, I- I'm going to do it. If a person is unsure if they are able to do something, but they're, but they're very committed, they're very serious, they're really down to business, then they're going to say something more like, I'm, I'm going to try. And you know what? Man, that, that's respect worthy right there. It is respect worthy when a person is facing something that they're not even sure that they can do, and, and they say, you know what? I'm going to try. But it's absolutely essential that you understand, are you at a place where you're saying beyond any shadow of a doubt, I am going to do this, and this is going to be the outcome that's going to happen? Or are you saying, I know that this is possible, I'm just not really sure it's possible for me. I'm just not really sure that I know how to walk this out, so I'm not sure what the outcome is gonna be, but I'm I'm gonna give it a shot. You know, both of those are respectable, valid places to start from, but if you don't know the difference between which category you fit in then you're probably going to have some failures because in truth, we are not ready to move into the realm of faith until we are sure. As long as we are unsure, as long as something is only a possibility, then uh, we are in the realm of hope. We're not in the realm of faith. Well, it's good to be in the realm of hope because hope is the precursor of faith. So Then we start asking this question, okay, why isn't God coming through? And then the obvious answer, the first part of it is, okay, there is something limiting God in my life situation. Now, a religionist or a legalist is going to say, well, here's what's limiting God. You're not good enough. you got too many sins in your life. You've made too many mistakes. God wants you to make some kind of big old sacrifice. I mean, you know, (laughs) They're going to go to some places always about you being unworthy, and they're going to create a legalistic theology where you have to earn your way into getting God to do whatever it is that you want. Well, that's not faith either. I just just want you to know that. That is a path to self-destruction. That puts you smack dab in the middle of lack because you're feeling unworthy, unqualified, unable, uneligible. And you have all these negative things, and, and now you got to sort through, mystically sort through. Uh, okay, so which one is it? I, I got too much sin. I haven't prayed enough. You know what have I done? What have I haven't done enough of? And I tell you, it is just a, a tormenting place. So, what the Bible really tells us, and you know, we talked about these scriptures. I think, I think, I think I actually read these scriptures last week. Where the children of Israel, and the book, and the book of, of Psalms, Psalm 78, it, it talks about the children of Israel and their. When they came out of Israel, it says, "It says, uh, it says uh, Psalm 7840, how how often they provoked God in the wilderness and grieved Him in the desert, and again and again they tempted God. Now that tempted means they put God on trial. Uh, see, to test something, uh, which is what the word temptation gets into the concept of testing. To test something means you you're trying to determine if it's true or if it's not true. So approaching God from a perspective that says, I'm not sure if this is true or not true. I'm not sure if this is going to happen or not going to happen. I'm not sure if you're faithful or not faithful. Then basically you're saying, I am putting you on trial. And the sad thing is most of the time when we put God on trial, we've already decided what the verdict is that he is guilty. He's he's not going to be able to come through. You know something that when I was a uh, substance abuse counselor, one of the very first things I learned about substance abuse counseling is this is every substance abuser every addict when they sit across the desk from you when you're doing when you're doing your, the intake of meetings with them uh in their mind they're already decided that they're going to fail because addicts don't believe that that they, that they can get hold they might have a little bit of hope they might have a little bit of want to and in that in that intake they're going to ask questions that they're really not looking for sincere answers They're asking questions so they can prepare themselves for how they're going to blame you for their failure. They're going to try to get you to overcommit. They're going to try to get you to promise to do something you can't do, to do their part, you know, something like that. Well, God goes on to say with the children of Israel, it says, you know, the problem is, it says, you know, it says they they didn't remember him. They didn't remember all that he had done for them. They remember how he got them out of Egypt. And it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. I want you to know something. Every limitation that's in your life right now as God's manifestation is a limitation that you are unknowingly, unwittingly, ignorantly, or stubbornly placing upon God. And share this with as many people as you think it will help.
0: Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.